What's up, guys? Welcome into episode nine, the checkerboard check-in. Almost a full house tonight. I'm just missing Sawyer, but we got D. Scott, Murphy, Kenan. What's up, boys? How you doing? Living the dream, man. Been a long day, but ready to talk some UT. Absolutely. As most days. But kind of a, I mean, kind of a slow week, kind of a quiet week, I think. I mean, not really coming off a coaching search. You can still have a decent week, but it's going to feel, it's going to feel pretty slow after that just because uh, you're not flight tracking. You're not, who is this coach? We're going to get Hugh Freeze, Freeze warning that I'm seeing on Twitter every 30 seconds. So it, it feels a little bit slower, but got Ty Simpson going to discuss that. Got his announcement coming up tomorrow. Um, after being pushed back a week, we'll we'll get into that with our takes, um, predictions. Haven't really seen many crystal balls rolling in yet. We'll get into it. Got a couple, but pretty pretty quiet announcements so far. Not many leaks, which is rare in today's internet culture, I think. Um, we got that. We got the basketballs. Um, I said it once. I'll say it again. It's every time we get on this show we say something nice, then they have a sluggish game like last night. Then we dog them a little bit, and they win by 30. So I'm thinking well, – I'll get y'all's take later on in the episode. I'm thinking we just permanently dog them now. May, hey. may not be the best TV, but if you permanently dog them, hey, you know what? National championships good good ratings, not a round of 32 exits. So that's my train of thinking on it. Well, while dissect the win from last night, not complaining too much, never never a bad thing to get a win over um, little brother. But we'll get into that. And, of course, the baseballs, um, Tony Vitello, um, some call him the GOAT. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your mothers. He's coming for them. He's, like I've said, long, long been the best coach on UT's campus, will be the entirety time he – the entirety for when he's here, so not really a hot take on my end. I love Tony Vitello, if you can't tell, but got them. They're off to a 5-0 and start. Swept Georgia Southern, uh, two-game mini-series over Arkansas Pine Bluff, scored a combined um, 21. 35. 35 to 7, is that right? Yeah. Or 6 yesterday. Yeah, 35 to 7. Yes. And really, you could say 35 to 1 because the six runs were walk ons pitching after that. So, well, where do y'all want to start? I was, I was going to save Ty Simpson, but if you want to go ahead and dive into that first, basketballs, I'll let y'all go tonight. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling open. I'll discuss anything. Uh, I'll go, I'll go ahead and start, uh, with the, with Ty. Uh, I think right now, when you see the crystal balls coming in, there's not a lot of comf- confidence in, in the predictions. And this is coming from Clemson and Alabama insiders who, you know, are supposed to be, you know, the most in tune with their recruiting classes. But I think right now uh, the media is inclined to go with the front runners, go with the big names, just because they don't know. They have they, they don't know right now. And uh, – so I think that gives us as good a chance as any. The fact that we talked about this right before the show started, that Ole Miss is not a part of his final three, I think is is huge. Uh, because if he's going to pick one out of the two best offenses, supposedly out of out of his final four, then uh, Ole Miss is out and we're in. So uh, I, I think I think Heupel's offenses should be very very attractive to to someone like Ty Simpson who has a dual threat ability and I, I think I think that is something that could push him over the edge in our in our favor when it when it's all said and done. Murphy, what you got? Um, I feel like we've been talking about Ty for forever. Um. I, when it comes to Ty Simpson, I listen a lot to Austin Price from Valquist. He's been real close to this this one, and he was saying that 
Clemson people are telling him that it's Alabama and Alabama's telling him that that Clemson's the favorite. So that to me tells me that nobody really knows what's going on with with Ty. And I think that's how it should be. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago about the crystal balls and how, you know, things get ruined and you start to figure out where guys are going to go a day before the day of or whatever. And you don't see that with Ty. Like you said, we had a couple come in, but I'm not putting a whole lot of, uh, of, of, I I guess I'm not putting a lot of thought into those because they're from uh, Alabama people that, that, uh, decided to pop crystal balls yesterday. So um, you look at Steve Wiltfong, he's the expert on it. He has a confidence of one to Clemson. So that, that preaches nobody knows what's going on except for Ty and his family. Um, the more I, I, the more I listen to people talk about this, the more it makes sense for Tennessee to, to come or to be the pick. Um, I mean, he's doing it in front of Tennessee fans in front of people that, that, you know, love the University of Tennessee, so it'll make all the sense in the world. I agree. I think Ole Miss being out of it is, is a big thing because I think you, D. Taylor, mentioned it last week that Ole Miss makes more sense than Alabama would. And I, I tend to agree now after going back and, and thinking about it and looking at the different styles of offense and everything, I think Ole Miss would, would have made more sense um, as a fit necessarily than Alabama. Obviously, Alabama is who they are, and they're going to draw attention from from every top prospect in the country. But I don't know. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, hopefully we don't get to, you know, 10, 11 o'clock before the announcement and those crystal balls start flying in. And cause I think that just takes the fun out of it. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy tuning into commitment videos, not or announcements, not knowing where the kid's going to go, not knowing what hat's going to come up off the table. So if you already know that, that, you know, a, a hat with a T or a, a paw print is going to come up that that ruins it for me. So, and it ruined it, ruins it for the kid, honestly, cause that's his moment. So, right. We'll, we'll see, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I like Tennessee's chances, though, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's at Clemson or even Alabama. I don't know. It's, Regardless, don't tweet at players. Yeah, you know, we say it every episode. It, it still holds true. Yeah. I mean, that's – yeah, it, I agree. I mean, it with, with Murphy there, I, th- I think it, it comes down to a fine line between reporting what you know and – taking the wind out of it. Like, I I understand you're labeled as an insider and that's what you get paid to do is break news like that. But that's just – I think somebody started that one day and everybody just kind of followed suit without asking, like, is it really necessary to do that? Because a lot of times stuff like that, like you – I know you said before, Murphy, it'll break like the night before or something like that. Even that I can understand more than an hour before it's supposed to happen because you could have just waited another hour. If yeah, you're you just want you just want to break the story at that point. Yeah, if you're so worried about it being about being the first one to break it, then I think your priorities are are kind of wrong there because you could go ahead. I mean, we know people do it. I've done it before. You you write you go ahead and write the article if you're pretty confident about it, or if you've got if it's Say it is Alabama, Clemson, Tennessee. You're down to three. Write the same article and just kind of uh, – what am I looking for? Uh, word search. Like just kind of fill in the blanks as you go. I get yeah, fill in the blanks. That's – I don't know where I came up with word search. That's the wandering brain that's inside of me there. But, I, yeah, I mean, it just – I don't know. I, 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 under, I guess what I'm saying, I understand you're paid to do that job. And it is probably a cool job to do that. But the ones where it comes down to the kids about to announce anyway, just make it down to a make it a contest of who can hit the publish button the fastest. Then, like, if you're really wanting to test your skills, just have it ready to go. When you hear that first syllable come out of his mouth, hit it then. Because as we've seen, it all breaks the same time anyway. When, when he when he first announces it, within ten seconds, you get on Twitter. And you've already got people not, not bashing any sides because I, I understand, but you've already got you've already got twenty four seven sports rivals and Rocky Top Insider. You, normally, you'll scroll and you'll see those three in some order that have that have already posted in some way. So, D Scott, I'll go to you next. But yeah, that was just that was a good point I wanted to elaborate on. Yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much summed up. I, I don't think any of us really know at this point. Um, I think we could make a pretty good push for him, especially as more the more that develops from you know high pool um, 
and how he's going to run his offense and, and what kind of coach he's going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, yeah, no, I do agree. I think I think it does kind of ruin it when, you know, everybody starts tweeting the, the crystal balls. And, you know, like y'all said, try, try to be the first guy. Like, And, I mean, I understand it's their job. But, yeah, I mean, it does take some of the excitement out of it. Just it's like, oh, well, he said it. So I already kind of knew, you know. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I, I agree. Just let the kid have his moment. Uh, exactly. You know, we all we all deserve that. And, I, you know, I, whether he, you know, puts a Alabama A or Clemson Orange or whatever, you know, let him have his moment. Yeah. And one thing with this recruitment, though, I don't think it's over with if he doesn't pick Tennessee tomorrow. I really don't. Um, if we can show, you know, some type of, you know, confidence – on the field this year, I, I think that that could be something that we could sway him with. And so I, I honestly don't think this recruitment's over to, uh, tomorrow. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we've said before. It's what I'd be hard-pressed to believe otherwise that he, he doesn't want to be here. Now, wanting to play at a place and knowing that you should play at a place are two different things. I mean, I, he you, you can tell – I think I said it before. You can tell in that interview that happened what two weeks from now. You you can tell he's he's a smart kid. Like he 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 talks like some of us do. Mainly um looking at myself, uh, Tennessee born and raised, man Sawyer uh, with our yeah accent. On there, I guess, but but I mean you can tell the the kid's not dumb. I mean he he handles himself very well with the media already. I mean that's not surprising with his dad being a college coach already. So that. You know he's he's already had the good training. He's 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 learned what you're supposed to say. I mean to to make it sound good. But he, my main thing with it is, and we, I guess we can get into this part of it because we've uh, I know every time we've talked about him, we've given predictions. We we think we make the case for why this why Tennessee's good, but we haven't really got into as much of the play style of mainly because I think, to me, it's more obvious. I, I haven't thought about it as much because, like this article says, if, if it really is referencing the rivals uh, making the case article by Chad Simmons is what we're talking about. If it, if it truly is down to Tennessee, Alabama, and Clemson, or as I thought, Ole Miss, Texas, Texas A&M rounds out his list. If it truly is down to those three schools – how is it not Tennessee? I, I, I understand, and we'll, I'll get y'all's take too, but just from a pure play style, throw out throw out the home state ties, throw out the success or the failures on our part in the programs. Just looking at a pure play style, I don't know how it's not us. Now, whoever wants to go first, y'all can elaborate on that, but I, I feel like we haven't gotten into as much of the – why it makes sense in formations, in play style, on the field. And I think a lot of that, too, is because we don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, we, we've, we've never experienced an offense like we're being told that we're going to have this year. Will it pan out? Hope so, or fire the flight trackers back up because it's not going to be too long then. But I'll let you all go now. I just – that's my main thought on it. Yeah, I – with me, uh, he's listed as a dual threat quarterback for a reason. Uh, he's he's got you know mobility. He's you know he's not a Harrison Bailey who's a pure pocket passer. He's he's someone who you know can break down a defense. And you know when you were saying you know being honest with ourselves, I was I was thinking of Trevor Lawrence running you know through a high state's defense or you know. They all they also have have shown a proficiency to be able to develop a dual threat quarterback, you know, and um, you know DJ U Ugalele is you know the next in, in that uh, progression. But um, I, I, that, like you said, though, based off just pure play style, it makes me think it's down to Tennessee and Clemson because the, those are the two that you know share this you know same type of vision for their quarterbacks. And, 
I, I'm just hoping that home hometown, you know, and once, once, you know, if, if it's a big, if we can get Simpson on board, you know, you welcome the Walter Nolans and all the other top recruits in the state this year uh, into the class, because I think that's, that's just a, a surefire starter for this class. If you can pull a Ty Simpson, um, I, I think he, he is the absolute centerpiece that you need for this class. So. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Tennessee and Clemson because you think about Alabama's offense and, and their, you know, what what's their trademark these last few years? That big running back that's going to get the ball, what, 20 to 30 times. Quarterback's going to throw the ball a little bit. But, you know, I guess would you call Tua a dual-threat quarterback? I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. I mean, he had the ability to get out of the pocket, so it hurts, but they didn't really run an offense personally that – you know, would allow a dual threat to have a ton of success. Now, obviously, you get a kid like Ty Simpson, you might adapt more to that. But speaking off of what we know from the three teams, and again, Tennessee is a big if because we don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, Clemson and Tennessee make the most sense to me fit-wise. Um, you know, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. That that was the first thing that popped in my head, too, is watching him, you know, drop back, roll around, show off his athleticism have plays that are drawn up for him to, to run, um, you know, and, and have that, that option to hand off or keep it himself. It, it would make sense for him to go there on, on a fit uh, point of view, but, but Tennessee also is a fit. And again, it plays against them because we don't know what this is going to look like with Josh Heupel uh, leading the offense, but, you know, maybe, maybe the, the draw to Tennessee because he, he wants to be here. That's where his heart is. Maybe that's enough. Maybe, He's more of a guy that thinks logically. I, I don't know. It just comes down to what he think, how he thinks as a person. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that I think Tennessee Clemson fit wise make the most sense. Now, which one, which one can you make the case for that fits the best? I, I don't know because then you're getting down to, to details that you know we, we don't know what Tennessee is going to look like. I think that's the main thing there that you can't really distinguish either of the two. I think just going off what we've heard, I mean, the offense should be should be pretty exciting. Um, I know we heard in a press conference a couple weeks ago, um, you know, they're going to show the quarterbacks what to do and then just let them drop back and sling it. Um, I think, I mean, now I'm a lineman, so I never got to touch the ball. But if I were a quarterback, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me, you know, especially coming into a program where everybody started from square one, you know, you're establishing a new program. And then, you know, quotes like that kind of show me that, hey, it's okay. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. We're going to fix it. We're going to learn together. Um, you know, I think tough love from a coach is fine every once in a while. But at the same time, you know, working together uh, kind of creates that culture, you know, that trust. Um, and like I said, you know, coming in this with a new program, you don't really have to worry as much about somebody jumping down your throat for making a mistake, um, and then they're going to kind of set you loose. So I think from a quarterback standpoint, and again, I'm not trying to lock it to Tennessee, but I'm just, you know, I guess just more trying to make a case for them. Um, yeah, it makes sense to me. It is. I mean, not trying to just be a Tennessee homer. I mean, obviously we're a Tennessee podcast, but I mean it – you're looking – you look at Alabama and Clemson, and it makes sense there. I mean, it – you could argue it makes more sense than Tennessee in terms of the depth chart. Now, depth chart's not all that weighs into it because – and I hope it's not because – You can never have enough quarterbacks. Ever. Right. You can never have enough quarterbacks. Um, we've seen that firsthand. Secondhand, if, if he's the truth, if he's good, if he's going to bring us back, then he won't care. I mean, if you're that good, you don't care about the depth chart. You look at Alabama, you look at Clemson. From a depth chart perspective, Clemson makes the most sense, to me at least, because after Uyung Galele's gone, who's the guy? It's him. Bama's very similar where Bryce Young's a sophomore this year. Well, we think he's a sophomore. Uh, eligibility this year is just kind of uh, – pick what class you are, and then run with it from there. So we, I'm going off Bryce Young's a sophomore. Uh, he, he's same situation as Uyunglele is at Clemson. I mean, you 
there it's it's a straight shot to you go in you might have to sit a year possibly depending on what happens but you learn and you watch and you learn how to winning program operates so when i say all that like and i'm sure that sure it's got across when i say all that i'm not saying tennessee is definitely the best option because if you've watched us for the last um 13 years now you know uh, we haven't been the best option in a while uh some years not even the best option in our state it seems like with what we've had going on which is mind-boggling to say with the likes of vanderbilt and memphis being your best competition but i mean it's a slap in the face but it's true but i just I don't know. It's, it's what we were talking about earlier in our group chat. I just – I don't understand where all the Alabama push has come from in the last day, really. And, and that's another thing. I haven't seen that big of a push. I, I haven't seen the avalanche disconnect there and it, it's rolling down the hill and it's gaining steam. You, like I said earlier, you've, you've had two predictions put in, one from a rider for Bama Online and one from the Big Spur at South Carolina. God knows what he's doing in here, projecting a Ty Simpson pick. I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, why don't you worry what Shane Beamer's going to do with his quarterback first? Exactly. (laughs) I I, I don't know. He's offering his opinion, which maybe – Maybe he's a third cousin friend to Ty Simpson's mother or something, and maybe he does have the direct line of contact. Maybe he's going to prove us all wrong. But if it is Alabama, if it is Clemson, I mean, I just go back to – I go back to the, the statement that I read, and I, it's pretty well known. Ty Simpson had a good relationship with Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney. Like, he, he had built that up for a while now. It's been pretty well documented. But – the narrative that I've seen coming out of the Alabama riders camp is that has really put Tennessee back. The the coaching change has, and I understand if it did a little bit, but they say that, but when it comes down to Sarkeesian and Bill O'Brien, the, the change from Steve Sarkeesian was the one he's built a great rapport, which I know it's not a head coach. I know that's different, but when, when they talk about the transition from Sarkeesian to Bill O'Brien, they act like, oh, it was just seamless, like he just fit right in with Bill O'Brien. I don't buy that at all. One, because Bill O'Brien hasn't been in college since since he left Penn State. Is that right? Is this his first job back in – yeah, I mean, he's been, yes. he's been yeah. with the Texans ever since then. Ever since. So, I just – I don't get that narrative that is being put out there. And maybe, like I said, maybe he puts on the crimson tomorrow and he's he's Bama and he's Bama 100% till signing day. Maybe maybe he is. I mean, it's like kind of what we said this whole time. If we if we try to act like we know what he's going to do tomorrow, we, we're just best guessing. But that's just – that's what's thrown me off about this whole thing, and it's just because I've seen it twice now. I, I don't understand how they're saying one situation just put him back monumentally with the team especially his home state team where I, I've said multiple time, times, I think where he wants to be. And another school, it's you change the offensive coordinator, which arguably could be bigger than the head coach, honestly, in college is. That's what's not – I mean, I know you're going against Nick Saban there, the greatest – is he the greatest coach of all time in any sport? I mean, I, I have trouble saying that he's not. Maybe I know we love Pat Summit over here, but, I mean – I don't know. I just – I don't understand that because in, in college they talk about how big your strength coaches are. I mean, that, that was the big thing after uh, Fitzgerald left was you, you spend a lot of times in the summer or in the off season with your strength coaches. Then it goes position coaches. Then it goes coordinators. It, the head coach is seen as kind of the CEO. So I, I think – I say all that to say, like, I, I understand if some of what they're putting out it's true, and I understand why they'd want to put that out. I mean, obviously, they want Ty Simpson as bad as we do to wear their team's colors, but I don't know. They, I'm not buying it until I see it. Just I, I feel like a lot of that has been put out there to kind of may, – maybe Ty Simpson's telling them something. Maybe he's so good at keeping people off the case that maybe he is putting out some smoke like that just to, just to have fun with people. But – I don't know. I guess 
that's my wrap up on it is I, I don't buy what's being put on out there now. Maybe they'll prove me wrong tomorrow. Maybe he does pick Bama. But all I know is this time three weeks ago, it, it was Clemson's to lose. Now it's Bama's to lose. And the one that's always been there that's sneaky, that's the home state school, Tennessee, no, nobody's really picking us, as Austin Price said. It's not the popular pick, but it's the consistent one. They've been there. It's a different coach, but they've been there. So that's all I had on it. I guess toward closer towards the end, we'll we'll circle back. I mean, well, I mean, I know what all our predictions are. Mine's been the same. I'm not changing it. Go ahead, Murph. I don't know if you guys saw on, on Twitter, but he posted, uh, Ty Simpson did, that he had a conversation with uh, some of the in-state guys. It was uh, Dallin Hayden. Um, gosh, uh, Isaiah Horton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan James, Cameron Miller. And, you know, then it got deleted. You can look into that. I've seen a whole different bunch of opinions on that. You know, I didn't even know it had got deleted. That was news to me. I know we were talking about it, but I didn't know it had got deleted since then. Right. Yeah. The only reason I saw it was I think I went and liked um, one of the, I think it was maybe Isaiah Horton's response or quote tweet or something popped up on my feed and I clicked on the tweet and it said it had been deleted, but people are, you know, saying a bunch of different things. I'm not going to try to dig too deep into that, but I just wanted, you know, to bring that up and, and say that could be because you look at those, those kids that were involved in the conversation there, the only common school between the, the, the group of them was Tennessee. Now I'm not trying to say all those dudes are going to end up at Tennessee. That very well could be a thing. Um, but it, it kind of speaks to what we've talked about before that you land a guy like Ty Simpson tomorrow that helps you with this in-state class. Now I don't, I've heard Walter Nolan mentioned before. I I personally think Walter Nolan's not going to come to Tennessee, but that's a discussion for a different day. But those offensive guys, your your Dallin Hayden, your Jordan James, the the receivers, that helps you a lot. So I just wanted to 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 bring that up that it had been deleted and that you know there could be some things there. I, I personally am not trying to look too deep into that because I think I'm going to drive myself crazy if I do that. But uh, just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Miles, absolutely. Miles, yeah, no. I think uh, I think you could create, uh, you know, maybe some type of avalanche with Ty Simpson uh, if he does commit to us tomorrow. Uh, I I think that, you know, the offensive side of the ball is looking very attractive right now. And, you know, regardless of how they produce, you know, their their past record speaks for themselves. Uh, they, they put up points, they put up yards, and they put up records. So – that you know, it's it's something that's very attractive for an offensive player, and I absolutely agree with Murphy. I, I I think I think it's it's a selling point, and and what we need, absolutely what we need. It's a it's a complete contrast to what we had the last couple of years. Uh, nobody wants to score twenty points a game and lose, you know. So I I, I think it's absolutely what we need, and. You know, we'll see. We'll see. One thing that's not being mentioned enough that I, I've thought of since the, this all thing, since Ty Simpson's really been started, but, I mean, you see it all over too. How about high school football in Tennessee? I mean, it, it's over the last few years, I think most of it has to do with the influx of people to Nashville and Nashville growing as much as it's been here lately. But Tennessee is no longer just Memphis when it comes to athletes. Like – You've got Memphis, you've got Knoxville with Knoxville's more private schools, Knox Catholic, stuff like that. But right here in Murfreesboro, I mean, I'm, I'm 20 minutes right now from Oakland High School. You've got Jordan James there. You've got Isaiah Horton there. Ravenwood, where Miles Pollard's from. I mean, the, the mid-state over the last couple of years, Tennessee's not on the level of Georgia, Florida, Texas, California, and they'll never be – to that point, just because, I mean, one, bigger states. Two, I mean, it. you, you know what goes down in Texas. High school football is a main religion. religion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it, – it's what it is. It's what Florida is. Florida's, Florida's just so big. It's got so many big cities in it like that. But Tennessee, I mean, that, that's the one thing that stuck out. I'm with Murphy. I don't think we get Walter Nolan at all. I think Walter Nolan is – I think he's probably headed somewhere where he's going to win a natty in three years and go to the NFL. I mean, I no hard feelings to him, but I just – I don't buy at all that 
we're anywhere even in the mix right now with Walter Nolan. But and I, I think it's because of the side of the state he's on. Uh, if he was a Nashville product or a not even an East Tennessee product, we might have a better shot at him. But uh, just being a Memphis product right now with our transition, I agree with y'all. And not to not to not to put our noses up and say we don't need him, but we got a lot more needs right now than what Walter Nolan would be on this team. Just being honest, I mean, if it's an offensive centric team, then you don't have to be in on a five-star linebacker, a five-star corner, five-star defensive tackle, or D-end every year. If we're an offensive team, I, I want five stars on offense. I want high four stars. I, if, we're one, if we're worrying about stars and where this dude's ranked in, then, then get them on offense. Defense, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can. We'll put out there who we have to, whatever their rating was whatever number player they were in this state, we'll, we'll, we'll put them out there and just get us a couple stops a game because if our offense is humming, like we've said before, it's not going to matter much. And the way football is going, it, it's not going to matter much. So, I mean, yeah, it, there's – I agree. I think a domino effect could start. I don't think you'd see anything like what happened earlier this spring where it's one guy right after another. I, I think most of these players – I would say are probably going to take their time, just especially if they've got Tennessee as a top school because they want to see what's going to happen. And uh, Ty Simpson's just going at it with a different approach because, like we've said, wherever he commits to tomorrow, it's not over. It, it's just – it's not. I'll be happy if he picks Tennessee tomorrow, but it's not over because he – if Tennessee doesn't show anything that makes him excited, he's gone. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, we haven't had a chance to see what this new offense looks like, and I think we're all waiting for that, including Ty Simpson. So, if if it shows competence, if it shows that it can put up, you know, 40-plus points a game in the SEC, then that's something that's very attractive to him. So, that's where I, that's where I stand. Do you think if he goes Clemson or Alabama that – they should take a, a an approach in recruiting where they go after Simpson and Sam Horn. We haven't talked a whole lot about Sam Horn out of Georgia yet, but very well documented. He's interested in, in Tennessee as well. And I heard a, a couple of different people talking about the situation and somebody, I can't remember who it was, but said they would, if Simpson goes elsewhere, they would close that door and go all in on Sam Horn instead of trying to, you know, communicate with either guy saying, oh, you're the guy. Oh, but but we also think you're the guy. So I don't know how you kind of balance that that recruiting situation. I don't think you close the door regardless of, you know, w- which quarterback, you know, you, you think you may get. I think you leave your options open, and that's the best approach to take. Uh, Sam Horn is a very, you know, talented quarterback. He's a very talented quarterback. And, you know, he's he's not a consolation prize. He's he's a good quarterback. And I, I think, you know, if you don't get Ty Simpson tomorrow, you, you keep your options open and you just you just show the world what your offense can be in the SEC. I, I think this is something that Hypel has been, you know, wanting to showcase for a how could you not? You want to show – then you're going to attract the best talent in the country. So, I, I just think I, that's, that's where I think we're at right now. D. Scott, if you got anything on that, I'll let you go first before I get mine. You good? Yeah, yeah brother. You good? Well, yeah, mine is – it's kind of what Murphy said. I don't, I don't think we're in any position to be uh, closing the door on anybody. I mean, I, I think everybody should be – Everybody should be that could, that could help our team should be a top priority until they sign. I mean, with a realistic realistic chance, of course. Now, I mean, I, I understand some guys. I, I think Walter Nolan's one of them. I mean, I, I think you make him a call every week when you're doing your rounds, but unless something drastically changes, I don't think we get Walter Nolan. I, I think he's – I think his mindset is kind of somewhere else. I think his mindset's more NFL-bound than other guys and – more power to him. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that at all. But, yeah, it, with with the way 
I say that for multiple reasons on not turning anybody down. One, look at the last decade and a half nearly. Two, we don't know what's going to happen with the scholarship situation with how many are we going to be docked a year, um, what recruiting visits are going to be limited, what face-to-face contact with coaches is going to be limited. So anybody that we have a realistic chance with, I tell both of them, and it's kind of back to what I said earlier about if, if they're scared of competition, we don't need them anyway. I tell both of them, hey, we're getting Ty Simpson and we're getting you. Or, or if you want to be the guy, we've got this guy that wants to be the guy too. Like come into camp, prove you're the guy. If not, you know, you can back up, you can go somewhere else. I mean, that, it, it's probably not the best idea and it's probably not why I have a job as a – coach or recruiter for somebody but I mean I that's my thing with it I'll just be straight up and tell them hey I mean we need all the help we can get if you've watched Tennessee since Josh Dobbs left one thing you can tell every year we needs a quarterback I'm going to bring in as many guys as I can until somebody's my quarterback until I can look them in the face and say hey you're the guy I trust you you're not going to actively score for the other team you're not going to take dumb sacks you're going to at least be somewhat efficient with the ball. I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care who it is. I don't care what star rating you were. I mean, it's just somebody be the guy and the other ones, if they don't like that, they can leave. Cause I mean, we're to the point, this whole fan base to the point we want wins. I, I don't, I don't care. I Dude could come in and say he literally has a shrine to Nick Saban. He's only playing at Tennessee to get to the NFL. I'd say, hey man, that's cool. If if you're if you're doing enough to be the number one pick, man, I, I don't care. You could wear crimson underneath your jersey. It would pain me to see. But if you're winning us games, I couldn't care less, man. <laughs> Just because then you're gone. We're in a better place. So cool by me. Exactly. I agree. We'll move on. Um, I mean, anything else on Simpson? Um, I think we've said all that can be said about him. I mean, it, now it's just what, – what time is his announcement? Tomorrow, 2.30? Is that right? Yep. I think it's 3, but it might three. be 2.30. Okay. Two, okay. 2 Central? Okay. Oh, so Some, 3 for me. Yeah, somewhere between the hours of 2 and 3 tomorrow, somewhere in that area. But yeah. it's on CBS Sports, I think, where it's being streamed. They're uh, – their link on their website. So, I guess my closing thoughts is we'll we'll know tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm I'm still confident in Tennessee, but I could see any school really. I, I besides Texas, I don't I don't know where Texas came from, but I, uh, yeah, and I don't think it's over tomorrow. That's my that's my closing that's, thought. Yeah, it's not over. Not over till the fat lady sings or till Jim Chaney sings. Says, change your mouth however you want to. <laughs> but we'll move on to basketball. Um, seventy to what was it? Seventy fifty eight. Fifty eight. Yep. Yeah, went over Vanderbilt last night. Mention it before the show. Mention it at the start of the show. It, it, every time we talk about this team, they do the exact polar opposite of what we give them credit for, what we dog them for. Um. I mean, uh, Springer had a good night. Victor Bailey had a good night. Uh, those those were your two main bright spots. Um, my boy Keon had a rough game, only six points. I think he had just as many turnovers. But, God, I love him. He, he's, he's playing so bad like that. He had so many just – a couple of the fouls were – uh, very borderline, but that's that's what you get when you go play Vanderbilt at 8 p.m. on a midweek game. I mean, you're not you're not getting the cream of the crop officials then, so you got to know that. But even when he's not playing well, I mean, my God, he's just his energy's off the charts at all times. I mean, that, that's absolutely he, he gets off the floor like uh, a deer that's about to get hit by a car. I mean, he, he's that quick and it's like he gets mad on the defensive end. He, it's like he is actively angry that you shut him down on offense, that he, he's just 
It's like he plays like a man possessed. I don't know. That I don't really have many thoughts on the game. I wasn't gonna spend too long on basketball. I'll let y'all get your thoughts in. But I mean this this team this team is either gonna I see three things. Yeah, I guess three things that are gonna happen. They're either gonna get hot right before the tournament. They're never gonna get hot and it's gonna be more of the same. Or they might make a run to the Sweet 16. I could very well see them lose it with, with our games right now where it's one good one, one bad one, one good one, one bad one. I mean, if your last, if your regular season finale against Florida is a good one, what's to say you're not out in the round of 64 against Colgate or somebody like that that you're playing or William and Mary, some school? I mean, anybody really, the way, the way we've been so back and forth. But also, I mean, you, who knows? I don't – I've said all I can say on them. I'll, I'll let y'all get into it. Yeah, no, it's it's a matter of consistency with this team. Uh, if they can find any type of consistency, they can make a run. Um, you know, despite how ugly it was last night, you know, we, we got a good game from Ponds. I think he had 10-10 double-double. Uh, and Springer and VJ Bailey, uh, and I, I think I think those you know if those are your your players going forward, add Keon in there, then you know you, you got to move forward with those players. Uh, I think we've seen enough of a sample size on Fulkerson for this season to know that anything we get from him at this point is going to be a bonus uh, because we can't rely on him at this point. Uh, I think Pons, despite the knee injury, had an extra spring in his step last night. And, uh, you know, as much as we would want to win more against a Vanderbilt team that's shorthanded, um, it, was, it was something to build upon. And, you know, it, it, it showed that, you know, we can have multiple people contribute, but at the same time, you, who's that person? Who's that person when it comes down to it, when, when you need a bucket, when, you know, we, we have about five or six different answers to that question. And I, I just don't think that benefits you when it comes to March. Any other differing thoughts that we haven't stated before? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's basketball. I wasn't going to stick on it too long. It's it's like football. It's wait and see. Who, who knows? I don't know. Let's get into baseball. Let's get into a sport that doesn't bring me terrible, crippling anxiety and sadness. <laughs> Tony Vitello. The, the our, most, our Lord and Savior, Tony Vitello. The most eligible bachelor in Knoxville for all the ladies out there. <laughs> He's – I don't know. I, I said it after um the – after our second win – of the Georgia Southern series, I think. Uh, I tagged Danny White in a tweet, just said, pay the man whatever he wants. I mean, he, he he's built our program into one of the top in the country right now. We'll, we'll get into more of players, which which ones have stood out. Um, but Tony Vitello, man. 5-0 baseball, number 16 in the country, started not – was it 19 they started out at? Now I'm, I'm sure they'll – Within the next couple of weeks, they'll they'll be a top fifteen team. I mean, if they borderline top ten, probably if it keeps going the way it is. And I mean, you look if you don't follow college baseball, you look at the schedule and you see, well, yeah, who did they beat to get to five and zero? I'll give you Arkansas Pine Bluff because they looked rough. I mean, they they were very overmatched. I mean, we we said it earlier. Was it thirty five to seven outscored in two games where we're playing all of our well, 75% of our backups that second game, and they'll hang eight on them in the first inning. So, I'll give you that. They were overmatched their first games of the season. They, they're knocking the rust off, too. But Georgia Southern's no slouches. I mean, they – you're talking about a team that swept number three Georgia. I believe it was in Athens last year. I mean, that that's what Tony Vitello said. They look like a regional team. 
and we had three quality wins, but it, it was nothing like where we just went out and dominated the whole time. I think we were the better team in all three games, but that, that team's going to make some noise this year, especially. I, I think they've gotten kind of the short end of the stick the last couple of years with um, – I know they're in the same uh, division, same conference as Coastal Carolina was. I mean, they, they won the World Series a couple years ago. I mean, Coastal Carolina was number one in the country then at the end of the year when it matters. So, I, I'd say you'll you'll hear a lot of noise out of Georgia Southern this year. A little bit cocky between the two teams. I've little almost had a couple brawls, which we need more of. I'd, I'd have a brawl every game if we could, chucking, chucking some knucks with every team that – that's what I love about this team. They just – they don't take any crap from anybody. I think they model after their head coach, so. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I think, you know, this team has an identity. Um, it, it, it has a it's – a, it's a long ball, um, you know, opportunistic hitting team, uh, but especially with the deep ball. I think we're sixth in the country right now on home runs. Um, it's, it's something that I know Tony Vitello, you know, wants in a team and you know between you know Beck, Liam Spence, Rucker, Lipschitz, Ferguson, Pavoloni, you have your identity with your hitting right there. Um, I just think it, it all comes down to your pitching you know starting through the bullpen. If you can get Heflin, you know R Rackers, McLaughlin, Chad Dallas, if you can get those guys you know rolling I, I, I think this team can make a run but we all know it, it all comes down to the SEC play. You know, as much as we, you know, love these wins before conference play starts, SEC is a whole different animal when it comes to baseball. And, you know, we – you know, that's that's where we'll be judged. And that's, you know, that's what we can, you know, take advantage of, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, this team is so deep. That's the thing. You, you watch this team they rotate guys in and out every every single inning. I mean, they're you don't have the same defensive lineup for one in, from one inning to another. They're so deep, offensively, defensively. Um, you hit it on the head. They they have their identity, and of identity they know how to win games I think that's the key for me that stood out in, in the Georgia Southern series we talked about it they're Georgia Southern's no slouch they're a good team and and like you said D Taylor they're gonna make some noise uh and it's not like we you know blew them out 21 to 1 it was I think five to three the first two games and then you, you had to go to extras to win the game against yeah. them on Sunday so um but um I done lost my train of thought but anyway, they found that there it is. I found it. They uh, find a way to win. That's the thing. Tennessee football, um, when they went on that long winning streak, what they do? They find ways to win the game. They stopped Kentucky on fourth and goal when they couldn't do anything on offense. You find ways to win, and, and you know that is going to help them moving down the line because when a team already knows how to win those close games, then you find to get the tournament. So uh, I love watching this team. They're fun. They're so much fun. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into what players have impressed. Mine, being the – I'm not the founding member of the Jordan Beck fan club anymore because since uh, – shout out Miss Beck. I don't remember what her first name was, but uh, I kind of have to give her the title of the, the founding member just because, uh, I mean, I'm only, what, two years older than Beck, maybe three years older, so. Right. I'm 22. I think he's around 20. So I'll give her credit as the founding member. She probably did most of the uh, literal labor that went into that. But I, I mean, mine's Jordan Beck for sure. What's that noise? Is that mine? Is that my car? Sounds like it's coming from D Scott's mic. What are you doing, D Scott? You saw a log? I didn't hear I'm sitting here. Sounds like I'll do the fan. Um, you're good. I just didn't know what it was. I thought it was my computer overheating or something. Anyway. <laughs> still hear it? I don't hear it. I don't know. All right. I don't know. You're good now. Who knows? I don't know. It's well, a hold my laptop up. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good. It sounded like a train there for a second, though. I was kind of I thought I'd parked on some tracks or something. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened up here. So 
<laughs> yeah, I don't – what was – oh, yeah, Jordan Beck. Um, founding member of the, the Jordan Beck fan club. We're going to print some shirts off like that, I'm sure. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we can do. But uh, Jordan Beck obviously is impressed. Uh, Will Heflin with how many Ks in a row do you have the other night? I mean, he wound up with eight total. Was it six? Six. He got yeah, six. I mean, and he, for somebody that hasn't pitched in two years, he looked filthy. I mean, he he was in total command. Um, Drew Gilbert on both sides at the plate on the mound. I mean, he for a five foot nine dude, he that kid plays like he's seven foot tall. I mean, he he was the one that kind of I don't want to say started the um kind of drama in the Georgia Southern series. Cause I mean, he just hit a bomb. I mean, he kind of comes back to, I'll give my thoughts on it. It's the old men yelling at the clouds when somebody hits a bomb like that and pimps it a little bit. First, they haven't played in a year. They, they had their season shut down. They were told like they, they have to stay. I'm sure if they're like football and basketball, they, they have to stay in all the time. They, they're not going out. They're not getting to be college students. They're they're. I don't want to say they're in prison because that's a very wild jump to make there. But I mean, they kind of in lockdown mode. I mean it. And, and you're mad that a guy. And I didn't even think. I mean, he kind of held his bat up at the top of his swing. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen Jose Batista throw a bat nearly back at the dugout after he'd have bombed. Loved every second of it. But with Georgia Southern. And Georgia Southern's acting like they're the almighty there when they act like they don't want any drama and that's beneath them. I mean, they mentioned it several times in the broadcast. Their fans literally sit behind the visiting team's dugout. That's not for fun. Like, they they, they don't do that just because they like those seats the best. I mean, I'm not dumb. You're not playing me with that right there. They know what they're doing there. If you think they went through a whole weekend series of, not chirping in any Tennessee players when you're sitting two rows, maybe 15 feet behind them there, you're insane then. So, I mean, it, I don't know. Made me very happy when he hit the second bomb and pimped it even more then. So, and my, that's, Super that's pimped my, it. Yeah, that, that's my opinion on it. That was Landon's. I know that's what Landon tweeted too. If you don't want me to pimp one, don't throw it down the middle of the plate. Like, Don't throw beach balls. Yeah, if you're that worried about getting disrespected, disrespected i'll say it like that walk me do an intentional walk if you're that confident in everybody else but you don't want me to pimp one well then get a ground ball it'd be double play we'll be out of the inning so i don't know it's always it's always good to win it makes me even happier when you're playing a team like that though that likes to um bring out their baseball purist point of view where it's you should have no fun when you're playing and respect your opponents at all time. I, I don't know. It very fun to watch though. This team, it's what I said earlier. It's how they were last year. I mean, they they could be down 10 and I'm still confident that they're going to win the game. Now that's a crazy statement to make, especially when you're a Tennessee fan, but my goodness, I mean, they they play at all times like they're losing. Now, last night, end of the game, I mean, you're playing walk-ons then. You're trying to get experience for people then. I'm talking in actual game-breaking scenarios and in plays that matter. They play every play like it's their last one, and it's it's refreshing to see a Tennessee sports team do that and do it on a consistent basis. And you know a program's built right when they're doing that on a consistent basis because they did it – really, they've done it since Vitello's been here. Since the moment he stepped on campus, they've, like I said earlier, they, they've taken on the personality of their coach, which is really good to see. Second off, it helps when you're good. They've got a lot of good players on the team. Third, can you do that consistently? Because we've seen it, like, like Murphy said, we've seen it with football. We've seen it with basketball. That, I mean, basketball is – how highly were we ranked earlier this year? Uh, top ten for sure. Yeah, I know. I know we were floating around eight, something like that. I don't even remember now. That feels like Jesus. That feels like a decade ago that we were floating in the top ten in basketball just this year. But I don't know. It's refreshing to see a team 
play like that, and you know they'll play like that because that's their identity. It's not a couple games there. It's it's how they play. It's who, it's how the team's built. So that's my main takeaway with it. You're gonna see a lot of, a lot of wins this year. Um, picked third in the East behind Vandy, Florida. Um, but the way they're playing right now, I, I don't see any team in the country that they can't beat. I we'll, we'll see if they're gonna have the just overall top end potential that that team did last year. Cause that was a special team. I mean, that, that was going to be one of the teams that you get at a place like Vandy, you get it every year, but uh, Vandy baseball, that Alabama football, it, it goes hand in hand there Patriots. So you expect that there everywhere else in the country though, at 99% of the other schools, that's a kind of team built to make a deep run at, the college world series that you get maybe every several years. So it's depressing. You didn't get to see that team, but I don't see any reason that the the starting pitching would be the only reason that maybe this team isn't as good just because you don't have an established ace like Garrett Crochet was, who's doesn't look like he's ever going to go to the minor leagues. I mean, he skipped it entirely join the White Sox in the middle of a playoff run. Now he's this year he's starting off on the, with the big league club, it looks like. So you, any team, even Vandy, doesn't get a lot of guys like that every now and then. So you you had an established ace there. I was very impressed with the pitching, though, through these first five games. I, I was a little worried if it would take a while for them to hit their stride. But I, I think Chad Dallas is an established guy that's going to be starting every weekend. Jackson Leith, I think, is one that's going to see a lot of action, too. That third starter, I don't know. If you want to go by a committee look, I, I think that's good. Um, you could get arms in with guys like Heflin then, Elijah Pleasance. So th- there's a lot of options there. But I, I think Jackson Leith might have, in my opinion, and I'll get y'all's too, I think Jackson Leith, in my opinion, has the most ace potential on this team. But y'all, y'all may have a different pick, so I'll see who y'all are talking about. I think Leaf gives you – I think Vitello called him their swing guy. He's a guy that could start. He's a guy that can come out of the pen, close the game out if you need him to. He can do anything you need him out of, uh, on the pitching staff. So I, I agree. I think he's got the, the most ace potential, if you want to call it that. I was impressed with Dallas against Georgia Southern. Um, took the no-hitter into the seventh inning, gave him a chance to win. You know, obviously, if it's later in the year, you, you might want to see Dallas try to finish that off. But uh, or, or no. Yeah, he gave it up when he was in the game. That's right. I, I was mistaken. But um, I thought Dallas did well. Tidwell impressed me on Saturday. It was pretty clear that he was nervous. I think I think it was you, Taylor, that mentioned that in our group chat. Um, he was kind of working pretty quickly and looked a little nervous, but he impressed me with his stuff. Um, and then Elijah Pleasance on Sunday, again, all three guys against Georgia Southern gave him a, an opportunity to win the ball game. So you've got you've got options. I do like the the um, the by committee approach to the to the third slot on the weekend series. I think that would probably benefit Tennessee moving forward until you find that established guy. Um, but yeah, if if you go Dallas Leith or Leith Dallas for for Friday Saturday and then try to figure out that third game just by you know throwing a bunch of different guys in there and trying to figure out who you have, I, I think that's that's a decent way to go about it. Either one of y'all got anything? I know me and Murphy are the main baseball guys. D. Scott – well, no, I forgot D. Scott's in this chat. The <laughs> the baseball legend, D. Scott. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely more of just a casual yeah. baseball fan. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I enjoy baseball, but football's always been my thing, and I was some absolute garbage at baseball growing up because I would get pissed off. Because I get hit or I strike out, and then it was just over from there. So, <laughs> you crowd like, the plate, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching it and everything, but I'm definitely not quite as invested, you know, like NFL and college. You know, I know players' names and I can tell you stats and all that kind of stuff. But I think initially, I guess I can just do an overall. Initially, and I know y'all said Georgia State's not, you know, a cakewalk. I thought that we should have beat them better than that for a team that's projected to be, what, third in their division in their conference. Um, 
but then there's I mean there is that good point they haven't played in 12 months they haven't played anybody other than their teammates in 12 months so that's their first that's their first real competition and um yeah I mean they battle back from adversity and they swept the series so I mean overall you can't be upset with that but I'm excited to you know see the rest of the season and become more baseball smart oh boy yeah, I mean it. I'm excited. I don't know. I I think Chad Dallas is probably your locked in Friday night guy, just because weekend series, three game series in baseball is weird because all of it really hinges on that first game, honestly. Because if you get the win, then maybe maybe you save somebody like Leith for your Sunday game, then and you you try to get a win in the the rubber match with with somebody that's maybe less experienced then see it, see if there's somebody. So you can see that on, cause I know crochet was when he was here was mainly going to be the Sunday guy was he, he was your guy that comes in that third day. Doesn't matter what happened the first two games. Cause he's going to go, go in and shut everybody down that he faces. So it, it all kind of hinges on that first game. I know Dallas was the Friday night guy for majority. Well, I say majority of last year for probably the, uh, maybe four or five Friday nights that they actually had then when the season was going on. And he he's just steady. I, I feel like with Dallas, there's he's got the least potential for there to be a blow-up, for him to just kind of fall apart. I, I, he's got good stuff, and I feel like he's maybe not the most consistent, the right word, but he's the safest option there. He he can go into a Friday night, and you've got a really good feeling that you're going to be up 1-0 in the series. But like I said, Leaf, as far as his just explosive stuff – I think he's got that most ace potential, but yeah, like Murphy said, I mean there there's there's guys all over the place. I, I thought um Rackers, I thought Rackers looked really impressive the other day. I mean, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's cra- cracking that top three. I think he's probably more of a middle relief guy. Um especially when you've got I, I think the late part of our bullpen's pretty set up pretty well. So I I don't think he would crack that spot, but to, to have that many guys, older and younger guys, is a really good sign, uh, especially especially after losing a guy like Crochet. So, very excited about that. Any any other things on baseball? It was good to get Rackers out there on the mound after he hadn't been able to pitch in a while. Yeah. Um, good to see him have success. Um, a guy that has been mentioned a little bit, and I know he only – I think he only pitched against Pine Bluff, but I liked what I saw out of Connor Housley. Um, I think he's a sophomore this year, depending yeah. on eligibility and all that. But he he was impressive. Got that double play to get out of the inning there. Um, I think it was the second game of the, of the Pine Bluff series. And he was impressive. So he could be a guy that you use moving forward. It, it speaks to what you said. They've got so many different options. Um, I think – early on this year, figuring out what they've got is going to be the key, figuring out who fits into what spot. But but um, I, I like what I saw at Housley, and, and you know what you're going to get from from Walsh and, and um, Hunley. So, you know, that, that'll take care of itself. But figuring out who fits that middle, middle of the game role, I think is going to be helpful to do that early this year. Yeah. It, very excited. It, the whole lineup. I think Jackson Greer is an upgrade over Landon Gray last year behind the plate. Greer um, had a couple solid hits last night. I, he had that one down the line, just just missed a home run, too, with a wind blowing right to left, or I think he might have gotten more on it. I know he hit a bomb off of us last year when we played ETSU. That was a fiery game, and he, he took that one really deep then. So I was excited when we got him. But, I mean, Max Ferguson looks looks the part. Um, Jordan Beck, Liam Spence, everybody really. I mean, I, I don't think there's been anybody on this team that's disappointed me so far. I mean, it, it's hard hard to when you beat a team 21 to 1. So I have no complaints so far. Hope they keep it rolling. I think they will. But any, I don't have a lock this week. Um, not that I know of. I mean, I, I think ours for the last couple of weeks has been Ty Simpson to Tennessee. We'll find out tomorrow, but 
Any any other locks anyone has wants to get out? Anything weighing on you? Uh, my lock is that it's not over tomorrow. Whatever he decides, uh, I think it's still going to be open through next signing period. So that's my lock. That's a safe lock. My lock is that you're going to take that phone call. Yeah, I'm going to take this phone call. If you know, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's all I had. D Scott's locked. D Scott's locked in as the wild card. That's what he's locked in as. Oh, it's gonna be wild. I promise you that. He's choosing chaos instead of joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're way past that. We uh. Hey, I'm tomorrow. I'm waking up to choose a violent. So yeah. <laughs> you want you want chaos or violence? Did you wake up feeling dangerous today? Right, dang all right. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't gonna disagree with you. You bigger, you bigger than I am. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be for you. <laughs> but if that's all we had. I'll go ahead and end it there. I can't think of anything else, guys. Thanks for checking in with us. This has been episode nine, and we'll see y'all next week. All right, go balls, go balls. See you guys.